This morning, I want to share a little bit this morning, if I could, about our Serving You weekend that happened a couple of weeks ago. We had a chance as a church, a matter of fact, to um, be involved in our community. There were several locations that we had a chance to be at. Our church has done this for several years, that we've just uh, had a chance to serve throughout the community, congregations, uh, organizations, nonprofit organizations, other churches that we've had a, part, a chance to be a part of, and, and we're grateful for those opportunities. And every time we do these, it never fails. We begin to get calls afterwards uh, from these churches, from these organizations, from schools, from uh, different places that say, can you come and be a part of us again? Can you come do this again? Can you come be with us? And so nowadays, First Woodway gets calls from apartment complexes. We get calls from uh, schools. We get calls from hospitals. Brandon, not too long ago, we get calls from a lot of different places that say, can you, can you bring a team? Can you come be a part of what we're doing, and we, we need volunteers to come serve. And so our church has always been so willing to come and do that. And every time we do that, let me just tell you, it's amazing how God opens up other doors for us to be involved in our community. And there's, there's reasons for that, a matter of fact, and I'm so grateful that God allows us to do that because every time we do these opportunities of serving others in our community, God opens a new door. God opens a new life, a new conversation, and I've shared with you just briefly, just a matter of fact, as we started this uh, wash and prayer, is what we call it, and we laundromat, laundromat ministry on Monday nights, and as we've had these conversations with people at the laundromat, they began to ask us, what are you doing here? The same thing with serving you, what are you doing here? Why are you serving us? Why are you giving your time for us? And it never fails that those conversations... And, and I'm always, I always admire how Chris is so good. Chris Warwick is so good in starting those conversations. I love it that God gives us these same opportunities to have these conversations about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So anytime we go and serve, anytime that we give ourselves, throw ourselves, give ourselves away, a matter of fact, God opens up doors for us to be able to be used to share the gospel, to share our hearts, to share our loves, our love with other people around us. It was a wonderful weekend. I'm so grateful for all you that served. As a matter of fact, they had a part to be a part of that. About 300 people all total that weekend that went out and served our community. And so again, what an opportunity we have to be able to go out into the community and serve. And there'll be many more opportunities throughout the summer that we'll have a chance to do that. Our theme again this week, this summer, uh, was or this this particular event was uh, our theme was just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This scripture, matter of fact, gets to the heart of why Jesus came. To surrender his life for others and for us. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take a whole lot. Even, even a small effort can save volumes to that other person or you are serving. Your, your serving opens up doors. I said a while ago, it opens up doors and conversations for God to act in their life. But let me just tell you, here's the other part of that. God uses those moments that we serve to open up our hearts to what God wants to say in our life as well. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, can, I be, can I be vulnerable and authentic with you this morning? I'm not the usual guy, so I'm, you can, you know, I won't get in trouble. I came to First Woodway in 2016 with great pride and self-confidence that 
man, here I am coming to this big church, my first church. I've been in higher education all my life, and now I'm in the first role that God puts me in is this church. I was, I was feeling very good, very confident. I just knew that Pastor Paul had a place either on the right or left-hand side of him with this new kingdom that he was coming into. I was sure it was going to be a place of recognition, and this is me thinking, and maybe you think the same way as well when you start a new job or you look into a new role, you're always thinking about yourself, and this is what I'm going to have, this is what I'm going to be, this is what I'm going to have to be doing. That was my thinking. Like the disciples, sometimes I just don't get it. One of the scholars that I was studying said this, we all desire to be sovereigns and not servants. We all desire to be sovereigns and not servants. I have been deaf for a while to what Jesus said about the road to true greatness. I thought it was about leading. It's about serving. It's not about a place. It's not about a position. It's not about recognition. It's about giving your life away. And I had to come here for God to show me Here's how I want you to serve. Here's the place I have for you. Jesus came teaching his disciples, as a matter of fact, to be great in things. Be great in things that matter to God, not man. Be great in the things that matter to God, not man. But a lot of times, just like the disciples and just like us, we, we begin to look for things in our life. I love this saying by missionary David Brainerd. Uh, you might go ahead and turn to that. Missionary David Brainerd said this, It is sweet to be nothing and less than nothing, that Christ may be all and all. The scripture I want to share with you this morning out of Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, 20 through 28. I want to share this scripture a little bit. I want to relate this a little bit to us and to me and to you this morning. Coming out of Matthew chapter 20, 20, 20 through 8, says this, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down asked a favor of him, What is it you want? He said. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left, in your new kingdom. I can imagine Christ answering her this way. You don't know what you're asking. Jesus said to them, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. By the way, the message paraphrase says, sure, why not? Jesus said to them, you will drink from my cup. And by the way, James was the first martyr beheaded, the very first disciple. John was exiled and died in exile on the island of Patmos. They did drink the cup that Jesus Christ had drank. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have prepared by my father. Verse 24, when the 10 heard this about this, they were indignant only because they didn't ask before they did. Why didn't I think of that? Jesus called them together. Again, I'm thinking about this scene. Jesus huddling up with them. He's called them together, brothers. 
You know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And can you imagine how odd this must have sounded because they were thinking about the place, the position, the recognition. Can you imagine how odd this must have been? And for you too, I've been looking for that spot. I've been looking for this recognition. God, why would you want me to serve in a, in a dump? Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Rank and recognition, titles and places were important to the Jews of that day, just as they are to us. Pride and status come up even among people who follow Jesus. Can I just give you an example of what happened to me on Serving You Day? I went to serve at Rising Star Baptist Church. My brother Robert Cummings, African-American congregation on the east side of Waco. I thought, goodness gracious, I'm so excited about going to serve that, that church. I know I must have an important job. I've known Brother Robert for a long time. I bet Robert's going to have me a very important position for me that day. I get there and Robert says, Renee, I need you to do some painting. Yeah, no problem. I used to paint as a kid. I was on a paint crew. Man, I'll probably do the best. Michelangelo type painting, probably. (laughs) I'm sure. I get over there and Renee said, I need you to paint in the restrooms. So that day, I was actually painting around the toilets and the urinals is what I was doing. You know what? Sometimes God just calls you to paint around toilets. I think about place. I think about position. I think about status. I think about where I should be. And God has something else for me. Jesus, by the way, was just putting me in my place. He's good about that. Proverbs 11.2 says this, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. James 4.6 says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Jesus' disciples had, had other ideas. Can you picture the scene? As a matter of fact, mom, mom coming with Jesus with her boys, the sons of thunder, coming with her boys, as a matter of fact, to ask Jesus a favor. Asking Jesus, would you put them at the right place, the best position in your new kingdom? In the Gentile kingdoms, by the way, people's greatness depended on their social standing or their family name. By the way, I have family name here in Waco, the Castillo family, the restaurants. I get no discount. (laughs) And because you know me, you won't either. The family name's not going to do it. Seeking our own way and the attention of others runs contrary to Jesus' requirements for his service. Jesus' mission was to serve others and to give his life away. Give it away. The cup or the place that Jesus was talking about was aspiring to the, obtain this diakonos. Diakonos is the Greek word meaning a person working in the service of another. Diakonos is what God has in, to- in store for us. That's what he wants us to obtain, to work in the service of another. That's the idea. That's the, the picture behind that. Jesus was transforming the culture of the ancient world. The Greeks considered humility to be the lowest virtue. Jesus made it the highest. 
Plato said this, how can a man be happy when he has to serve someone? That was the thought of the day, and sometimes in my own heart, in my own mind, I don't want to serve. I've told, matter of fact, many of you that I've visited with, there's times that I'll drive up to the laundromat and say, I don't want to be here. God, you must have a better place, a more recognized place for me to be than the laundromat. They were thinking of a high place or position just like the rulers of the Gentiles that lord over them. Verse 26, I love this, verse 26. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great must be your servant. Greatness was determined by servanthood. So three points. This won't be long. I still got good time. I'm good. Jesus came to show us how to live. Jesus came to show us how to live, not like, not like the rulers, not like me, not like you. Like Jesus, Jesus came to show us how to live. We are called to live selflessly for the good of others. This is the whole idea of serving you is that we give ourselves away. But every day as followers of Jesus Christ, we give ourselves away selflessly and serving others. We are to love others by serving them. Jesus was saying that if you want to become great, die to self. Serve others. Care for those that no one else will care for. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. It's a matter of giving up and surrendering. Number two, Jesus came to suffer. Jesus came to suffer. Matter of fact, just as the, man, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve The Son of Man, as a man, matter of fact, came, Jesus came to identify with us, to sympathize with our suffering and drink the cup of wrath in our place. He came to show us how to give our life. He came to show us how to suffer. He came to show us how to surrender, a matter of fact, our life to him. I love this scripture out of Philippians 2, 5, and 8. I don't think I gave it to you, but let me read this to you. Philippians 2, 5, and 8 says this. And listen, this is important that you catch this as Paul was speaking. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider humility, equality with, you, with God something to, be, to take into his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. The very nature, not considered equal with God. As a matter of fact, this cup was the cup of suffering, and the suffering is for the sake of the kingdom. I mentioned a while ago that I'm traveling a few hours to India here tomorrow, and I think I'll be suffering for sure. But I'm excited about what God has in store for me. But there's other times in my life where I think about, God, why me? Why now? Why this? But God uses that struggle and that heartache and that pain and that suffering that we go through in life to help us understand what he has gone through for us The wrath, the way of following Jesus isn't painless or easy like we would like for it to be. By the way, 
Life will test our commitment to follow him. There are times when anxieties or things come up in our life and it begins to test who we are and our walk with Jesus, our faithfulness and falling on him and saying, God, I trust you, but we begin to take it ourselves. We kind of hold on to it ourselves, and we don't allow God to be God. And all of a sudden life begins to test us in many ways. It is in serving, listen to this, it is in serving that we become most like him. I begin to recognize, I begin to recognize you. You begin to recognize me, a matter of fact, that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ when I am serving people, when I'm giving myself away. There's something different about him. There's something different about her. They've given themselves up. They're not like the culture. They're not like the world. They're not like people around us. They're, they're doing something different, and it's very different than the world acts and lives, a matter of fact. They're surrendering their life as Jesus would surrender his life. The third point is this. Jesus came to save. He came and gave his life as a ransom for many. The word Matthew uses for the word ransom here, a matter of fact, is lutron. Lutron meaning a payment made to release someone from slavery. Jesus gave his life to free us from the slavery of sin. I'm so glad. The Greek word, a matter of fact, also the Greek word for translated for, anti, includes the idea of for substitution. He was our substitution, the propitiation, a big word. I don't, I don't know how I got that, probably from Paul Sands. A substitution for us. Jesus took our place, and the word for many, meaning all. It's not the people that look just like me and you. It's not people we hang out with, but it's all people. And by the way, when we are down at Caritas or the laundromat or places throughout our community, even as we serve other people in the community, those people don't look like me. They don't act like me. They're not from my, my neighborhood. They're not, they don't have the things that I've had. Christ came to give his life a ransom for many, for all, for them, for them. First Thessalonians 2.8 says this. Paul, speaking to the church and to the brothers, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We exalt Jesus by serving others, and our service to others demonstrates his sacrifice for us. As a kid growing up in First Baptist Church, Tucumcari, New Mexico, I got to say that every once in a while just to remind me. In the youth group, we sang this song, and I'll just, a few parts here. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. By our love, yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. That's the distinction. That's how they know us. That's how they, they see us. And we recognize us, by the way, when these places call us the church now. They recognize us because we are different than the world and we've surrendered ourselves to them. Billy Graham said this, he who does not serve God where he is would not serve God anywhere else. 
The, one, the only way you can serve God is by serving other people. I started this morning by saying it doesn't take much. Actually, it'll take your life. It'll take your life. And that's what God has called us to.